Hello, good morning, welcome. Josh, here we are talking today um, a lot yeah. about leading in difficult times through this COVID-19, the coronavirus uh, pandemic that's sweeping, and we are really, truly just trying to figure this thing out today on the Two Preachers Podcast. We are especially appreciative that you've joined us uh, today listening to the Two Preachers podcast. We pray that what we talk about is a blessing for you. Um, to be honest, Ben, it's been kind of cathartic for me to just sit here and talk to you a little bit. feel like we've been isolated from one another for a while. And, uh, you know, we were talking, it's, you know, been about a week, a little longer than a week for us since, you know, we started this social distancing as a state and things like that. But it almost feels like a month, doesn't it? No, oh, it maybe maybe even longer. Maybe yeah. even longer. It's, this uh, time feels relative at this point. You know, it, like you said, we sat and just talked, uh, and, and yes, we do. Basically, we have social distancing going on here in the in the studio. I don't have a tape measure, but we're close. We're close. You know what the problem is? I think that my for the most part, my body is six feet from you, but my <laughs> belly is like three feet from you. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I express to you that this this time frame has felt almost like a Stargate episode. Yeah. Um, whether you're a movie Stargate movie fan, one of the fourteen Nerd. TV series, yes, Bears beats Battlestar Battle Galactica. Galactica. Uh, but it just it feels like we're being forced to live in the future, yeah. and forced to live in the past yeah. all at the same time. But the present to me feels relative at this point with the flow of information, with the way that things are changing, with the way that it's the fluidity of this whole situation. It feels like we're not living in a present at this moment. And information that we consume this morning could very well be outdated by this evening and feel like we learned it a couple weeks ago. So if you kind of have that same feeling as a listener here, uh, you're not alone. You're not alone at all. By the time you listen to this, we anticipate that we're going to release it at some point, I believe, today or tomorrow, Ben. By the time you listen to this, some information may have changed. It is a fluid situation. um, And so we don't really know what is going to happen next, but we know who's already there. Amen. And that's given us hope. And so we're praying for you, uh, listeners, today, and we'll continue praying for you. Um, so we're talking about um, acting in a difficult or leading in a difficult situation. And Ben, I think this is probably in our lifetime one of the most difficult situations that either of us have faced in ministry. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. I, this one's not really in the playbook. One of my friends no. um, tweeted the other day that seminaries need to start doing global pandemic classes to <laughs> well, that's, prepare you know, us for no, this. No one that I've encountered at least has a blueprint for this, You know, whether it be in ministry, church, work, family, it, conversations with my wife, conversations with my daughter, yeah. uh, the way that it's affected her schooling, the way that it's affected some people's jobs, the way that it's affecting all of us, yeah. there's no blueprint for this there's, that I'm aware of anyhow. There's really not. And we both talked about this a minute ago before we started recording, just even driving into town today uh, in Grace. And we live in a small community in uh, northeastern Kentucky or the eastern part of the state. 
and um, there's nobody working. I mean, just essential places like pharmacies and mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and so we passed by a lot of empty parking lots, and that's disconcerting. Uh, it really is. But absolutely. So we understand that in our context of ministry, we um, I don't been. I think our, your structure of your services and the way you do ministry was kind of similar to First Baptist Grayson in that. Um, you know, we were a three-time-a-week type of, of place or a two-time-a-week type of place. We'd gather together corporately. We'd have our Sunday worship. We'd do our group's ministry all day Sunday. And so people were there a lot, gathered together in a very uh, small space, short distance from one another. And then Wednesday night as well, we'd come together and we'd um, do our ministry. And COVID-19 has kind of changed that. We can't really do that. Uh, we are in the state of Kentucky, and our governor um, has issued several um, requests to the state, one of which is that there are be no assemblies of a certain number of people. Um, our local government now, our judge executive, has requested that through the month of March that there be no public assemblies of 10 or more. And so that's sort of changed the way that we do ministry. And so one of the things that I believe that we're going to talk about today is how we figure out what new ministry looks like or what ministry period looks like in this new normal for us. What yeah. do you say, Ben? Yeah, I think something to address just somewhat quickly here. I don't know how quickly we're going to be able to address anything yeah. today, so we're really not going to try to get in a hurry yeah. with this, and we're just going to talk. This is not going to be a structure-driven episode. I think that you know there's a lot of polarity mm especially on social media, but within conversations, too, of whether churches should be, should not be having services because we're talking about government officials, government mandates and requests of social gatherings. You know, be limited. Um, you know, and some people are taking the mindset that the the government doesn't have the right to shut the church. And you know, I, listen, I get all of that. Yeah, I understand it. I think that it would take it would be good for us just to talk a minute about our perspectives, at least. And we're not saying True. again we we don't have it figured out. We're not yeah. claiming that we have it all figured out. This is this is our perspectives, but. You know, this is a we're, we're talking about. I think Mark Dever mentioned that this is a once in a century yeah. type situation here, and we're looking at this from across the board thing. Now, I think that if it were only ask of churches or religious faith based organizations, if they were just saying, "Hey, everything else can stay open," yeah. you know, free will, you know, mm-hmm. just go ahead and do what you want to with free reign. Churches were shutting you down, though. I think that's at the point we give a little bit of pushback. Oh, I think so, too. You know, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something is amiss here. But we feel like, or at least I'll speak for myself, and then you can clarify on your own, you know, your own thoughts. I just, I feel like what we're doing is not only, we're trying to find a balance here between two biblical commandments and two biblical mandates in my mind, which is, number one, um, loving God with everything in us, having unwavering faith in Him, yeah. but at the same time loving our neighbor as ourselves. Very important, and that's that's kind of where we're at. We have, you know, we went online this past weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll be online this weekend, and and who knows what the future looks like and holds for this. But that's just, uh, yeah. I kind of wanted to throw that out there that yeah. this is this is not a faith thing. This is this is not. 
a compromising. I don't. I don't feel like this is. I agree. Uh, a act of disobedience into the Hebrews. The Hebrew writer going. You know, do not forsake the gathering together. Agreed. So that that's just my take on it. Yeah. So like Ben said, we're kind of juggling two principles here. We're juggling Romans. 13, which clearly states that everyone must submit to the governing authorities for there's no authority except from God, and those that are exist are instituted by God. Well, our governmental authorities, um, at least in our sphere of this country, from the president down to our mayor of our city, have all uniformly stated no assemblies over 10 people. Yes. Um, the President Trump has, has requested that through CDC guidelines that there be no assemblies of more than 10 people for the next 15 days. That was at the beginning of the week. Um, and just down each level of authority, they've also made that same request. There's also the balancing of the Hebrews passage that Ben is referring to, that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of the brethren. Um, and so we've just been navigating that. And to be honest, it's been done so with a lot of tears and oh, a lot of sweat goodness, yeah. and a lot of concern. Yeah. Um, because we, man, there's nobody in the world that loves to be in church more than Ben and I. Um, we miss it desperately, but we all also recognize that we have this responsibility to be a good neighbor. And so, um, we just—I looked at historically how churches did this. Thankfully, so many um, different people tweeted out um, how churches responded to the Spanish flu in 1918, and I felt that was helpful. Um, this idea that, yes, we dissent from the government and obey God when they're making um, requests of the church which are unbiblical in nature and are singling churches out by themselves, mm -hmm. like you mentioned. But we also obey the government, and we're obeying God when we obey the government, when we are being a good neighbor, and we're trying not to spread infection and viruses to our neighbors who are especially susceptible. Amen. My congregation, Ben, we have a lot of people that are in their 60s and 70s and 80s, and it's apparent this COVID-19 uh, epidemic is especially catastrophic to them, um, a much higher fatality rate. Um, and so we're not being good stewards of the people that God has given us, and we're not leading as the spiritual under-shepherds of the church if we're not protecting them. And I don't know about your uh, people in that age group. If I have church and tell them to stay away, guess what they're going to do? They're coming to church yes. because they're the most faithful people in our church anyway. Yeah. And so we want to protect those people. We want to protect the people in our community. And we want to recognize that God has called us to obey uh, the governing authorities that that we've been given. So I think it's very important that we do that. This is something that every church is going to have to make that decision for themselves. And I think we've seen an outpouring of that on social media. And to be honest, I, if you let me, Ben, if this is okay, I just want to kind of talk smack for a minute. Pastor, pastor, I'm talking specifically to you. If you're on social media right now and you're smashing other churches because they are not adopting their services in the way that you think that they should, you need to delete your social media account because you're not glorifying God with it and you're giving a bad name for the church. And Ben, I've seen a lot of that on mm -hmm. social media, Twitter especially. I don't know why we even have our tweet boxes. <laughs> like, I just want to delete it. That's a Every, constant dumpster fire yes, on it Twitter, is man. just the Twitter. cesspool. I just said Twitter. It's the cesspool of social media. And to see pastors bickering back and forth and saying, well, this church is being unbiblical because they're not viewing Romans 13 and Hebrews in the same way that I am is ridiculous. All of us are trying to figure this out. It's what our podcast is about, right? Yes. We're trying to yeah, figure, this, figure out this, this thing out. Well, 
part of that is we're going to make decisions that you disagree with, and hopefully you recognize that we're not doing so out of a place of trying to sin. We're trying to figure this out in a, in a way that's that's helpful for our church and also that allows us to be faithful to the text. Amen. We recognize, Ben and I recognize, and other pastors in our community recognize that this isn't the best substitute for church, but we're just playing the hand we've been yeah. dealt right now. I hate online church. I hate it so much, Ben. Ben, I hate it. Can I say that one more time? <laughs> I hate online church. I preached How in do you fr- feel about online I church? I hate it. Okay. I preached in front of nine people on Sunday, and it was just the worship team. And you think my sermons are bad normally? <laughs> Wait until I preach I, in front of nine people. I enjoyed your sermon. This yeah, Sunday, thank you, man. man. I appreciate that. It was... It's uncomfortable. And most importantly, man, what we don't talk about is the little graces and victories that we experience on Sunday morning. When somebody just comes up and says, hey, man, I'm praying for you. I, I love you. They give you a hug. That that fuels my soul, man. And so we hate doing online church, but we think it's the most prudent thing that we can possibly do right now to try to foster community and to try to keep our people together. Yeah. So we would admit that COVID has changed the way we do ministry. What are some ways that it it's changed it, Ben? In what ways are you kind of currently pursuing uh, ministry in your church right now? One thing that I think that cannot be compromised in this time is connection. Yeah, coming up with ways, ideas, and outlets for that to happen. Yeah. that's that is what I think that everyone is just kind of scrambling uh, to achieve because our connection up until this point, and rightfully so, has been the face-to-face. You know, that's the one that that has been, that's the means in the automobile that's gotten us into developing the relationship, into developing that connection. And that needs, at some point, we will get back to that. Yeah. But for now, we don't, in my humble opinion, we don't need to just cross our arms, set back, and say, well, we're not going to try to pursue anything uh, because we can't do it the way that we either have always done it, prefer to do it, which is me, yeah. um, or you know, we're not doing it at all. So we're looking at just different connectivity, things that we can do. And you know what? Technology for what it is. Uh, one of the things that I would say about the church overall is – that we have not utilized technology well up until this point. Uh, And maybe this is something that's allowing us to see the potential of technology and the way that it can serve the kingdom of God and be utilized in the kingdom of God. And we've not, we've, I know our church, for example, and me have kind of just taken a passing stab at social media and, and technology. And, but now we're seeing as a, as a necessary thing for our connectivity. Can you imagine if this would have happened 10 years ago, Mm. 30 years ago? Yeah, we'd been in trouble. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's one of those things that we need to utilize whatever means that we can, uh, realizing that regardless of what our preconceived ideas of it have been, that God can redeem anything. God can redeem. I mean, if we see technology as an evil, understand that God can redeem that. Yeah. Um, and that's just we're, we're utilizing conference calls, Zoom. We're utilizing church online. We're utilizing YouTube, podcasting, social media, trying yeah. to keep these things. And just th- to sit back and look at the opportunity, because it's easy for me to look at the negative aspect and you know what's wrong with all of this type stuff. But to look and to think of how much the church took over social media on yeah, Sunday and awesome. how much it took over online, um, you know, 
there's there's people who have watched both of our services and countless church services who maybe never ever yeah. ever would have done that yeah. uh, that way. And I know that both of us have shifted onto an online you know focus, and and that's it. That's what yeah. we have right now. Yeah. Um, I know that both of us are making telephone calls. We're both sending out text messages. I'm mailing out cards, doing all of those things. And you need to continue to do that. Pastors continue to reach out yes. to your to your congregation in a personal way, and don't just sit and say, "Hey, we're going to do a Zoom call." If you're not on it, sorry. Uh, reach out to them. That one-on-one connectivity is is hugely important. Um, so you know, you and I are both doing the online thing. We're living right. in that world right now. Uh, and we're doing it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would like to. I, I don't mind to share mine here in a minute, but I'd like to hear what you guys kind of the approach sure, that you're yeah. taking. So it, kind of in the same way, we recognize that our responsibility is to engage our people in ministry uh, and to minister to them. I believe Ben that discipleship is a daily thing. And so that means I don't get to take a four-week break from it. I don't get to take right. an eight-week break from it. I, I don't know how long this is going to stretch. By God's grace, this may end tomorrow, and I pray that it does. Yes, amen. Um, but if it doesn't, I don't get to just wait this one out. I have to be proactive. That's part of leading, and that's part of being the spiritual under-shepherd of the church. So just a number of ways that we're doing it right now. As I said, I think discipleship is daily. Um, like a lot of pastors, I'm doing daily devotions mm-hmm. among our church. I'm recording those. We're going through the book of Second Timothy right now. I started it this morning, in fact. I'll upload my first video uh, as soon as this is over. So we're going through Second Timothy, uh, a great book about endurance and finishing well and all that. I felt like it was very appropriate during this time. Um, Sunday mornings, we do Zoom calls uh, with our life groups, which is a Sunday school model where the individual leaders are taking the students through their lessons, connected that way, video Zoom call. Um, we do our online service on, on Sunday afternoon at 10, or Sunday morning at 1045. Like you, we're doing Facebook, YouTube, all those different avenues that we're pursuing it. But, you know, a lot of our elderly people don't have Facebook and they don't have YouTube and they don't have the Internet. So we don't want to forget them. And I, one of the things you talked about is doing ministry now, like we're in the future and the past. So we're doing it in the past like – like we did 30 years ago, like we're taking the service to them. We're um, even more updated. We're burning DVDs of the service and mm-hmm. taking it with, you know, bulletins and all of the the stuff that we can take them, lots of information about the church so they feel like they're still connected to us. So we're doing that. Our Wednesday night structure is a little bit different. Uh, we're doing an online Bible study and things like that. But we're just trying to utilize the technology that God's pro- provided to us. It's really interesting. I was just thinking about this while you are talking um, they say that Gen Z is the most unreached generation in our nation's history. Mm-hmm. They're also the most connected to, yep. to technology in our nation's history. What if God is using this moment, leveraging this moment for us to finally be forced to connect with Gen Z in a way in which they'll actually respond to us? Yeah. We've seen, seen Gen Z connection in our church even this week at a higher level than normal, maybe God is saying, okay, you're not losing this next generation of kids. Maybe we should. Maybe we need to recognize that this, um, this ministry moment is an important one for us to step up and grab these kids while we can. Yeah. I heard a pastor say um, that he felt like this was a moment of global resetting of the church. Good. That's a global good. resetting of the church. That's and I, I when I heard that I thought, wow, that's a, yeah. that's great perspective. And again, just looking at, looking at it from the lens of God is a redeemer. Yeah. 
And that Romans 8 concept yeah. of, man, there's nothing, okay. nothing that's happening yeah. that's beyond the redemption and him using it for good. That's right. And I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we follow his leading and yeah. his prompting to put ourselves in places to where we are co-laboring with him. That's good. In, in seeing this come to pass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes that happens by accident. Um but there's so much of it that we need to be actively seeking God um, of just saying, I just, there's part of me, uh, I'm not going to say that I really love anything about this yeah. situation, but just the heightened dependence on God yes. and on yes. Him. Uh, yeah. just And I know that you and I have both talked about uh, this, the opportunity for the gospel that's being presented during this time, but I would like for you to share that with the listeners. Yeah, I was thinking, Ben, and you, you've talked about this as well. I don't know that in my lifetime especially that there's ever been a time, maybe since September 11th, but in in general, that people have been more receptive to the gospel than they are right now. It's interesting how when our lives fall apart and the illusion of control is taken away from us, we recognize the world is a really dark place, mm. and we don't have answers, and we start looking for answers. And so um, churches need to leverage this moment that God has given them um, to minister to people in their community with the gospel because people are starving for the gospel. Our church has received so many messages over the last eight days, ten days, whatever. Um, hey, how can I get connected? What do I need to do? Like. Even in this time where we can't have really any in-person connectivity, people are starving yes. for that because they recognize that the world is broken and they recognize that they're a part of the brokenness and they recognize their desperate need for a Savior. And just utter helplessness. Yes. Man, man there, is, there is grace and utter helplessness. Yes. That's the whole point. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says mm -hmm. that while we were still yes. helpless yes. at the appointed time, Christ yes. died for the ungodly. And so this moment, man, God has given it to your church as a means of grace. Um, listeners, we mentioned that there's no structure to this episode, <laughs> partly because there's no structure to our lives right now, and so we want to mirror that. But I want to hop back for a second, Ben, if that's okay, sure. and kind of talk about what's going on at First Church right now, because I may end up stealing most of your ideas. Oh, okay, but yeah. Like, well, what, what do you guys – how are you ministering? Let's first talk about how you're ministering to your own members during this time. Yeah, that's you know a, a lot of – like you were talking about, a, a lot of that person-to-person -person contact as much yeah. as possible yeah. uh, in that personal interaction. And that, you know, pastors, that has to go beyond you. Mm. You're not going to be able to lead your church yeah. effectively through this. Seek God and, and lead from a place of His inspiration and His provision. And all the while, no matter what size church you have, you being the only source of care, yeah. you being the only source of meeting needs or just hearing people out or being there for them it's a it's a whole church effort yeah. so we're we're constantly um, you know hey check in check in check in reach out here's our church database yeah. you know here's yeah. the people here reach out to these people make sure that we're engaging uh, then you know several of the steps that you're taking we're doing similar uh, things for our Sunday school time it's you know we've we're utilizing we'll be utilizing zoom mm -hmm. uh, zoom calls for each of the the Sunday school classes um, you know for our morning worship we're, we're not doing live on Sunday mornings we are just because we don't have the technology right now right. Uh, to do live services and churches it, it, 
just a point of wisdom, church leaders, now is not the time to yes. go out and be investing thousands of dollars yes, in agreed. church equipment agreed. to be able to put out a live stream. Work with what you have. Yes. If that's a cell phone, let it be a cell phone. That's okay. Yes. It, if you have ability for production value and you feel like God's calling you in that Colossians 3.23 thing right now of doing it with excellence, then, hey, that's great. Do it. Yeah. But don't <laughs> steward what you have well yeah. in this moment. But we are pre, um, you know, we're, we're kind of pre-recording and just putting pieces together. Um, and we're doing that. We're encouraging, hey, Sunday morning, 1030 is our normal worship time. The link is going live, um, you know, the YouTube account, the church online thing. And let's make sure that we're interacting with one another yeah. as we're doing this. We, you know, we gave a two minute after our online welcome Sunday morning. We said, hey, we're going to put a two minute I love countdown timer. I love Text. Email, call somebody, just let them know that that yeah. you would normally see on Sunday, and just let them know you miss them. Yeah, let them know you're thinking about Excellent. them. Uh, and and then we we go into our service. Mm. Uh, Sunday evenings is when we do Bible study. Uh, so we're going to start doing like you were talking about these little devotional type things, these videos to put out there. Youth group, they're they're doing their online thing. And hey, at six o'clock on Sunday evenings, we want the youth group all watching together. Yeah. The kids, the same way. Uh, throughout the week, we are trying to do some type of engagement. It doesn't have to be anything special, uh, but we're trying to do something each day uh, to remain connected. And listen, leaders, don't hesitate from levity. Yeah. Don't yes. hesitate from having yes. some fun. Don't hesitate in being normal. I put a ridiculous video out yes, on my did. social media yesterday, and yes, it was me did. dancing. And for those of you, I, I'm going to burst the bubble here. There are some people that thought that that was actually me dancing on that. That was not even close. It looked like a futuristic Gumby moving around. There. There's, some, <laughs> there's some weird stuff going I, on I've, there. I've said for years that my dancing style is going to revolutionize <laughs> the industry. Yeah. Yesterday was proof. And that, that was not me dancing. That was Mercy. an app that uh, that was handy, but it was hilarious. Even yes, to was. me, I can't. It's cringy watching it and laughing. Don't be afraid to have some yes. fun. Don't be afraid to have some fun with your people. But we're we're doing like the tentative plan, and this is all subject to change. But like Monday evening, hey, it's going to be live with Pastor Ben at seven o'clock. So we're just going to you know invite our people. Um, you know, hey, this is this is what's going on with me. Let me let me tell you what's happening here. Take a tour around my house. Yeah. Let's look at the utter chaos that's ensuing. Look at my daughter's room now that we've got all of her stuff home from college. I just tripped, fell, oh, bumped my head. You know, uh, Tuesday we're going to be taking an opportunity to engage. Just some prayer requests. How can we be praying for you? Then we're hoping that Wednesday evening is going to be a live streaming prayer service. They're going to take these prayer requests, and yeah. and you know one of us on staff here is going to be praying in this live format that we're going to in, invite everyone you know to to be a part of Thursday, be some type of engagement thing on social media. Then Friday, hopefully Friday, we're looking at doing like a worship night. You know, our, our worship team, uh, worship leader is going to come. They're going to do a live broadcast. And if it's just the worship leader at home in front of her phone, that's I love it. Fine. I love it. But invite people to be part of that. And don't hesitate. Listen, on Saturdays, this is kind of the church social media strategy is that on Saturday, you remind everyone the church is coming tomorrow. Yeah. That, that, that looks a little different yes, now. It does. But do not stop reminding people that you're worshiping on Sunday. Yep. And invite them to be a part of what you're doing. 
I like it. Sounds like you got a lot of things going on. Um, it's so important, pastors, church leaders, right now, to keep your people engaged for the glory of God. It's what we've been called to do. Keep them engaged. Continue this discipleship process. Recognize that you don't have the opportunity um, to sit this one out and just kind of hunker down and wait till the storm passes over. You have a responsibility to lead right now. I want to talk for just a minute, uh, Ben, about how we've been talking a lot about how we minister to those within our church. But the fact is there are a lot of people in our community right now that are hurting and scared and terrified. So let's talk about how we minister to them specifically in this season. Pastors know that we get it, understand that they're probably um, some financial constraints right now and probably from some financial concerns and and perhaps you're wondering how it is that you're going to be able to continue to do ministry well because if we're honest, we understand that giving often goes down when there's less in-person engagement. That's just the the nature of the beast um, that we deal with. But we need to have faith right now that God is going to provide for us so that we can minister to our community well. So we can't just, again, silo up and say, let them figure it out. This is a proactive time for us. And, and so just specifically for us, one of the things that we've offered up in our community, um, there are a lot of um, school children that are being fed by the school system, but um, we're, we were fearful that the elderly were going to be left behind, mm-hmm. and they're particularly vulnerable. So we've offered up our church a number as an elderly hotline right now, and I'm going to plug that real quick, um, 606-474-5641. If, by God's grace, there's an elderly person listening right now who's concerned about how they can um, get their next meal or they're concerned about their medicine, just concerned about getting out in the community, if you'll give us a phone call, we can assist you. That's one of the reasons that the church has been given for a time such as mm-hmm. this. So that's one of the ways that we're ministering. Another thing that we're doing um, to offer into our community, there are a lot of churches that don't have the technology. We've talked about this And so we've offered up our facilities and our technology to any church in the area. So, Pastor, if you're listening today and you don't have the opportunity to record um, your service at your facilities, we would love to do it at First Baptist. I'm sure Ben would would, would love to do that, too, at First Church. We just want to assist you in this season. Uh, We recognize one of the things that I've loved about this moment, if you can find something to love about Mm -hmm. it, is that God has really kind of forced us to work together. Yeah. Um, and so we're seeing churches being forced to work together, and I appreciate that. So, Pastor, let me just encourage you in this season, minister to, to your church, minister to your community as well. Yeah, and I, just let me soapbox a little bit. Yeah. You know, do not seek publicity first yes. for your church in this season. Yes. It, here's here's kind of – we don't have it figured out, but I think that there are some times that I stumble into actually doing something right. Rarely, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it does happen. <laughs> I'm Here's kind of, and we're working with multiple churches here. I, I know that both of us are. Here's the things that we're doing in our community. We the the biggest visible one for us is our community food pantry. Yeah, that is huge every month. Yes, it is just huge every month. We we're having to make changes. You know, this month just like everybody else is. Uh, we're we're setting up established uh, an established time and calls in for you know the elderly just like you guys are. If hey, we will take you the food and they will get the first because we have food deliveries here, so we work with a limited amount each month yeah. on those giveaway days. So we're prepackaging, preboxing 
all of the food that's going out this month. We want the, to make sure that the elderly, the shut-in, the people who can't get out to get it, we want to make sure that they get theirs that's awesome. first. So we're setting up delivery times, you know, schedules, addresses, that kind of stuff. And there's been so many churches that have just poured in stuff. And that's the most visible thing that we do. Yeah. But that's not where we're stopping. We're working with the school systems, uh, but we're not promoting it as, sure. here's what yeah. First Church of Christ in Grayson is doing. Okay, oh, you need coolers to help deliver. Here's coolers. Man, take every one we got. Oh, you need more supplies. Here's supplies. Take them. Like, and you yeah. and I have had conversations. I know that you've been doing the online stuff. Right. And instead of me seeing that and going, oh, that's a great idea. My church needs to do that. Let me put out a social media post that because that looks like we're competing. Yeah. I just simply, you and I had a conversation and we said, and I said, hey, if you need help with that, you let me know. Yeah. So we're coming behind. I feel like we're still serving our community yes. by helping to serve yes. you, serve yes. our community with recording stuff. Any of our churches is available to do that. It, we don't have to act like it was our idea yes. or we're the ones that's primarily doing yes. it. Yes. Work together and don't worry about who gets the glory other than God that's a fact. getting the glory. Yeah. If, Pastor, if you're looking at this season as an opportunity to improve your own image in the community for no other reason than for your own glory, shame on you again, and maybe you should consider resigning. And that's, you know, my, my congregation laughs when I do this, but I do it frequently. You know, I'll say, listen, if you're doing this, stop. Just stop. Just stop. You oh, need no oh, other okay. reason. You need no more articulation from yeah. me. It's wrong. Stop. I love it. So, it, you know, that's, I think we've hit a couple things here. If, if Just stop. Yeah. Just stop if that's what you're doing. Um, so I, I think that one of the things that we talked about, and you kind of hit on it, but is being good stewards with our benevolence. Yeah. We have to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves here yeah. in this moment because this is a time when we, my heart, and I think your heart, and most every leader out there, is that we help the people who really, yes. truly need yes. help. Ask God for discernment. Constantly cry out to Him for wisdom and discernment in all situations because it's just we have to make sure that we're being prudent and we're stewarding well what God has entrusted to us. Amen. Amen. Pastors, I think as we kind of wrap up here, I just want to remind you and churches, anyone who's listening, whoever stumbled on our podcast today, know that if you're a believer, God is for you. He's for you. In this season that you're in right now, although it's incredibly challenging, God is for you. Um, COVID-19 has changed the face of ministry in our country, maybe forever. Things are going to look differently, but God doesn't look differently. He doesn't act differently. He is unchanging. He is the same um, yesterday, today, and forevermore, and so we're trusting him. And so, Ben, I'd like to read a passage for the people, if that'd be okay, to kind of finish up my end, and you can offer any closing Absolutely. comments you want. I've been staying in the book of Romans over the last several days um, because it's it's it speaks to me and Romans chapter 8 especially I think is maybe the greatest chapter in all the Bible mm -hmm. and it's such the believer's hope but the Apostle Paul as he's writing to this church that's facing intense persecution he's writing to a church that is um, concerned about what's going to happen next he says these words what then are we to say about these things if God is for us who's against us mm -hmm. he did not even spare his own son but offered him up for us all 
how will he also not with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who contemns, condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He's also at the right hand of God and he intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, because of you, we're being put to death all day long. We're being counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. And the Apostle Paul ends this great, beautiful song and hymn of praise by saying this, For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth or any other created thing, will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Friends, we're coming to you today. We want you to recognize that God is for you. He's not against you. And God is using COVID-19. He's using the coronavirus to work all of these things out for your good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. So we're praying for you. Our churches are praying for you, um, and whatever we can do for you, please, we'd love for you to reach out. How can they reach us, Ben? Two preachers talking at gmail.com. That's a great avenue, immediate avenue that yeah. we get. Also, all of our social media platforms, you can find us on there, uh, and, and all of those get to us quickly, but the email gets to us immediately, basically. Um, I just want to encourage you. Let that scripture wash over you for just a moment. That passage that Josh just read out of Romans. If you need to, pause this, go back. Let it just listen to it three or four times. Just let it wash over you and uh, just let God's word pierce us um, and comfort us and challenge us in this moment. If if I have any parting words here, maybe to pastors, church leaders, don't derail your vision yeah. in this season. Uh, God's given the vision to the church for a reason, and so many times difficult situations derail us from the primary vision and target of the church. That can't happen. Amen. If anything more, it needs to be heightened and highlighted even more now than ever before. Pastors also understand that your people are dealing with a lot of things that they've never dealt with yeah. before. We started this episode by talking about how there wasn't a blueprint for this. For us, it's same is true for your people. Absolutely, some some people are facing a greater amount of stress at their job than they've ever faced before in their lives. You need to be sensitive to that. Some people are facing stresses of not having a job right now. It's the opposite end of the spectrum yeah. on stresses. Be sensitive to that. There will be times that your people maybe they don't manage themselves well. Yeah. Maybe the stress, the anxiety, the worry. Is, is taking a toll on them. Have grace for, for your people during this time. Don't, and we're not saying brush it under the rug if it's getting to the place that worry and anxiousness is elevating itself but beyond their trust and dependence on Christ. You need to work with them on that. Don't, we're not saying just let it happen. Yeah. But be sensitive to it. Be grace-filled. And I would say people, church people, please be gracious <laughs> with us Amen. as pastors. Again, no playbook. No blueprint. We are dealing with this um, just as we can. 
And there may be times that we don't manage ourselves well. Maybe there's times that we don't handle a conversation well. Um, we're we're dealing with things as well, and we're trying to help other people yeah. deal at the same time. So let this season be defined for many things for the glory of God, but let one of them be that the grace of God flows between us. Amen. And we can look back and say those were times that we handled things with and through the grace of God. Amen. Amen.